There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your host, Tara Long and Liz B. Welcome to one more episode of The Source Connection. My name is Liz B. I'm here with my co-host, Tara Long, and our special guest, Jeff Weitzman. Thank you for being here today, Jeff. Thank you. Let's take a moment to arrive here together. And you may settle in where you're sitting, If you're lame, allow yourself to let the body do whatever it needs to do. If your eyes want to close, no love with that. Just feeling the breath, noticing where our bodies are at this time. Our mental body, emotional, physical, No need to change anything, just noticing, being with it, arriving in this present now. I'm going to offer a breath work practice, and you can continue to breathe long and deep through both both nostrils, or if you feel called to relax a little bit, block your right nostril with your right thumb, and just breathe in and out through the left nostril. Breathing through the left nostril is connected to the moon energy, soothing and relaxing. And if you have a long day ahead of you and you need to bring in more of the sun energy, more of a focused engagement in your day, just block the left nostril and breathe through the right nostril. So pick whatever you'd like to do and let's just do that for a few more moments together.
Dropping into the perfection of who you are in this moment. Feeling the heart expand through the gratitude. To wrap this up, let's take an inhale together, long and deep. And let's side out. Ah. Ah. When you're ready, you can open your eyes if they're not open yet. And if you're just listening to it, you can keep them closed if you choose to. Welcome, Jeff, again. <clears throat> there. Filmmaker, activist, these are my titles for you. Way shower, but I prefer if you could um, introduce yourself and um, tell us what brought you to this. You know, I do about 10 different things. I never really know how to introduce myself. Um, I have a friend at Health Freedom for Humanity. Well, that's one of the things I do. I'm the president for Health Freedom for Humanity. And um, my assistant there named Merrill, uh, we joke frequently about how difficult it is to have conversations with people that are like, when I meet them for the first time, like for an airplane or something, and they say, what do you do? And I usually get to three things and then the conversation just turns into something else. And I'm like, wait, we didn't get to the other se seven things that I do, but um, basically, I'm a filmmaker and the president of Health Freedom for Humanity. That's where I spend most of my time. I'm in Carlsbad, California now. I just moved down here from Los Angeles. Um, I was in Los Angeles for 30 years and then came down to San Diego to join the freedom fighting community down here because they're so strong. And um, it's, it's just a completely different world than Los Angeles. So I've been thrilled to be down here. And as a matter of fact, that's where Liz and I met. Liz and I met at a screening of my most recent film, Beliefs and Stories. And um, there's something special about this town. I really like it. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, I could feel that. And to go into Beliefs and Stories, I told you that then, and I will tell everyone else here listening now, that wasn't just a documentary, that was an experience. And because we were together during the screening, I sensed and I had the proof that it was not only an experience for me, but for others watching and being in that ride together. And that day I talked to Holly at the end and we talked about, we found it. It's the heart to heart, like we knew it, right? And we had that experience there and we were like, how can we amplify this? Because you feel the ripples of that. You're in that room with people you've never met. And all of a sudden the hearts are open. Everyone is vulnerable, right? Because there is that invitation through the movie to do so. And you've done other documentaries before. And I guess my question will lead into that. 
what prompts you to do beliefs and stories? Right. Um, so my wife passed away last July, a year and a quarter ago. So that was July of 2020. And that was at the end of um, like a five and a half year battle with cancer. But I wouldn't even say it was a battle because she originally got cancer in 2015. And um, we went to Germany and treated it naturally. The doctors here told us that she had to have her bladder taken out because she had bladder cancer, followed by chemo and radiation. And instead, we went to Germany and in 30 days, her cancer was completely gone using focused heat, IV nutrients and ozone therapy. And then the cancer came back a little bit two years later. And then by four years after, it started getting more aggressive. And then by five years after that treatment, it just enveloped her whole body and she was dead within three months and there was nothing we could do. And throughout her life, you know, and especially the end, we talked about the fact that there were spiritual, emotional issues underneath the cancer that we couldn't get to. And we knew it had to do with her childhood and she could never figure out how to unhook from those experiences she had that victimized her as a childhood or in her childhood. So after she died, I took a few months to just completely go silent. And then I started reaching out to people and saying, hey, what do you think about the possibility of doing a film on exploring what these issues are? Is that something we could even talk about, figure out, quantify? And it started with a doctor here in San Diego named Dr. Tommy John. And he told me to talk to Dr. Cassie Huckabee, also down here in San Diego. And I came down here, not even to film, just to talk to them both. And I was overwhelmed by those conversations initially, where I felt like I got all the answers I needed just in those conversations. And I said, oh my God, let's start this film. And so two weeks later, I came back down, I filmed them for the interview and they become the opening two interviews for the film. And then from there, we went to Dr. Christian Northrup, Ali Zek, Alex Zek, Dr. Kelly Brogan, Dr. Tom Cowan, Dr. Kerry Made. And um, it was just an amazing group of people. It was like a weaving to me when I was watching and one thing led to another and the, the next step was unfolding as you, it felt like that. And as you described, that's the feeling I get too. Just completely magical. And I, I wanna emphasize that for me, that film felt like it came through me rather than me making it. Like it really felt like a divine thing that was happening there. And it sort of chronologically, as I interviewed these people, we got a little bit closer to the truth with each interview until the final interview with a coach named Dr. Uh, named Xavier Dogba. He's in Canada. And that final interview really, really got to the source of my personal issues, which is how do you live with the fact that someone you love died and you could do nothing to stop it? And boy, that conversation was so rich and deep. I think that's what has people at the end of the film uh, just so open 
and so connected. That's what you were experiencing, Liz, when we were in that room, which was we turned the lights on, ended the film and looked around at each other. And we were all spirit beings. It's almost like we weren't on the earth anymore. It was amazing. Yeah, I can yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Jeff. Wow. I, have, I just watched um, your film on Saturday. <clears throat> I have so much to say about it, but, <laughs> but I want to uh, talk about something that Liz and I talked about before getting on with you too. Um, so just a little background for me and, and why things hit me the way they did with your film was I was a acupuncturist and natural, you know, healer for like 15 years and spent so much of my time with people and helping them get to the root of their disease, as you called it also in the movie, right? And like, my message was always, your body's giving you a message. So let's figure this out together, right? Like, what is this? I was like a detective and I loved it. But I actually got a little burnt out because I, you know, doing it for so long, I really felt a lot. There's many beautiful stories that I have working with my patients and clients. Um, But ultimately, I was just like, wow, the the stories are stronger than their remembrance of their power, right? And so, so anyway, I still do that work in a way. It's a little bit different now. Um, it's moved away from like body stuff. But what I loved about your film, I was like, because yeah, I even had dreams of traveling the world and talking to people about their healing journeys and, and how they did it, you know, how they healed themselves. Because I had that experience for myself as well. And I was like... Jeff is now Jeff has done it. You know, he's done this film that was in my heart in in some way for so long. So it's so beautiful to see that when we have a, we seed something or we have a dream, it comes to life. It doesn't have to be us that does it. So that was so beautiful to see. And I just, uh, this, this um, victimization that we have around our bodies and what happens to us and what's going on. And then to, through this film, to see the empowerment of all these people and, and to know that actually you are the healer. You're the only one who has the power to heal. You are the healer and all these other things, whether it's uh, the holistic, which I know we all prefer here, those are still permission slips for the actual healing that goes on. Right. And it just, so I just want to say thank you, first of all, for doing this film, because it was just so beautiful to see. And I loved how at the beginning of each segment, you were, it was this beautiful scenes of nature, wherever these people were, and it just connected the whole thing. It connected that person with their story in such a way with nature that just, oh, it just was wonderful. So (laughs) thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, And the thing that I, in the end of the film, right, when you were talking with Xavier, yes, that's the thing that brought tears to my eyes. And just to see you and just being so open and vulnerable for everybody else who's watching that, Mm. right? And what came to me was uh, my best friend uh, passed six years ago from, from cancer as well. And something that another friend of mine said to me at the time was, and it reminded me of that when you were, struggling with I, what else could I have done, right? And, and accepting all of that and forgiving all of that was what she said to me was her <clears throat> leaving her body in this life right now. That was her healing. That was the healing. Hmm. And, I, and that came to me when I was watching you in, in this 
experience with Savior and also that it was, it was your healing too, like your journey of all of this self, deep self-love like that we go through to watch a loved one in that way. So I just want to say thank you for that. And also, I'm curious, where do you find yourself with that now and that acceptance and forgiveness and self-love and all of that? Mm. Man, it, I, I wish I could say I was over it. You know, I, I find myself crying right now as I hear you talking mm. about it. Um, yeah. It goes in waves, you know, it goes in waves. And I, I felt like I had a good run for about two months after the year mark of her death, where I really got focused on creating my new life and moving to San Diego. And now that I'm settled in San Diego, um, I feel like there's no more uh, distractions and I'm sitting back in the reality that she really left me, you know, 30 years together. Hmm. <laughs> wow. I still can't, I can't believe that she left this planet the, at the age of 58. And, um, I'm, I'm still angry about that, you know, <laughs> I'm angry. I miss her. Yeah. And I also recognize that these things go in waves and I'm just, I'm just revisiting this right now at a new level. And it's funny because all this week I've been in rage, you know, just rage, just anger, 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 anger. And how do you transmute that into love? You know, that's always the question for me because if I don't transmute it into love, what it doesn't serve me, it doesn't serve anybody. And that's the whole purpose of life anyway, right? And, you know, I would argue my journey is hard, but I'm not sure if it's harder than anybody else's journey. It just feels hard right now. But, um, you know, I, I really, I'm in that process right now of accepting that my job right now is to create the new earth. Like, you know, there's this other thing going on right now in the world. And my wife's passing has very much to do with what's going on in the world right now. She needed to leave mm -hmm. specifically at that time, July 2020, for me to move on to do what I'm doing right now. I'm not distracted. I have ultimate power, love, and freedom in my life, and it's working on a daily basis. And I would not be able to do that if I were married. And the freedom I have right now to move about, about the country and even do what I need to do in different states uh, is great. So, um, I, I'm, you know, it's so funny you asked that, Tara, because I'm still in process. Is that, is yeah, that, is that sure. wrong? Yeah, no, I was so wrong. And of course, I wasn't like, let, are you all better now? That wasn't my intention at all. I was just wondering sort of what 
what the process was for you was like for you and what was coming up for you around because it's it is it's like an unfolding and there's levels and it goes on and on and, and so beautifully in your film you talk about um how we're so afraid to go into the pain right and that's something that that you're doing you know that even this even the anger and the rage that comes up that's you're going into the pain and you're feeling the pain and and just knowing that it's not you who you are it's just coming through you to be expressed and all of that to me is the trans is the transmuting back into love because that you're just allowing it and that's perfect. Um, so wait, there was something else. I'm going to say something. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I told Jeff that the day of the screening, and I'll tell you again, thank you for showcasing the vulnerability at that level from a real embodied man. People don't get to see that very often. They don't get to see emotions run through our bodies and just allow for that. And I told you that then, I'll tell you again, thank you. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your allowance of it to be. And I am, I feel very honored and blessed. And I always tell Tara this when we're doing this, we, we get to know the coolest people walking around <laughs> the earth at this time. And this is amazing. Like we're all leveling up together. We're all, we've all answered that call. And you talked about Tara, um, the victimization and Jeff touched on that too. And I feel like we're taking back our responsibility, our ability to respond into this movie that was created for us and what roles are we going to play and what we're going to consent to or not. And I feel like that's such a beautiful time to remember who we are through all of this, because it's really pushing us to learn more, to educate ourselves better in what our, and you do this beautifully, Jeff. And I remember the first time I saw you serving, I think it was an affidavit. And I can't remember if it was Sprouts. I don't, it probably was. And then having the reconciliation with that worker, sitting down to have coffee and tea and just meeting human to human. And what has happened to us that we feel like there is not a person on the other side? And how can we bring that back? And what that movie does and reminded me is it's heart to heart. It's beyond the level of the mind, the facts, or whatever thing. How can we meet humans heart to heart without an agenda, without trying to create a certain outcome? And it's just that. And I feel like that's the treasure of life and the beauty of life itself um and we could go on here all my dad passed away from cancer and so we i think we all have the wounding and i deeply recognize that place of wow what if i knew this what if i could have done this and also something that always comes back and grounds me that dr northrop said a while ago giving everybody the dignity of their own timeline and just being in that remembrance, right? That we can be with each other, assist to whatever that we can, that the doors are, if somebody invites us and all of that, but ultimately we all have our, our processing and, and, you know, journey that we need to go through. Well, and also you mentioned your father and um, with my wife, giving her the dignity to uh, level up when she wanted to, how she wanted to. Right. So I witnessed in her the last few weeks of her life, 
her go to some places spiritually, emotionally that she had never been to her entire life. She lived her entire life afraid of what people would think about her if she told the truth. Hmm. And when she got to the last month of her life, she looked at me and she said, you know what my new attitude in life is? Fuck all y'all. This is my life. And if you have a problem with it, go get help for it. And she said, so matter of factly, I was like, who is this woman? Who is this woman? I, I, this is so exciting. Right. And, and then I got to see it play out in person where because she was in so much pain and her body was deteriorating so fast, she decided to take the end of life cocktail which you can do in California. You have to request it. You have to wait 14 days and then you can take it. Well, her sister found out that she was going to do that. And her sister told her on the phone, if you do that, you will go to hell. Hmm. And my wife uh, had her had the phone. She goes, um, so-and-so, I love you very much. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. Hmm. And hung up. Wow. Damn. That's her sister. That was the last conversation they had. And the last conversation was, I'm in charge of my life. You're not in charge of my life. I'm in control of my emotions, not you. You have no power over me. You don't get to decide who I am. Mm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. So to give people (laughs) the dignity to level up as they want to level up in their time, as they're able to. That's called spiritual respect. And I'm so glad we can give that to people. Wow. That's amazing, Jeff, that your wife, it, it's something that um, someone that Liz and I are, you know, listen to a lot, um, Jacqueline or Oracle Girl, and she always talks about at this time, how people are having good deaths. And that's what she talked about. Like before, before that moment where you're leaving, you just, you get it for yourself. You know, it's that... And it's a good death and it's something we can celebrate together, you know, because there's so many people leaving now and it's okay. They're having good deaths. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's, you know, and even, even my friend who recently was injured by one of the things that they're giving people nowadays, he, you know, I keep talking to him about, cause he feels so guilty. He feels like, ah, why did I allow myself to get this thing that now is hurting me so badly? Mm-hmm. And I, I say, it doesn't matter. All that matters is you leveling up. Yeah. That's all that matters. And if this is helping you to get there faster, then let's go with it. Let's embrace it. Yeah. So there's not only good deaths, but there's also good injuries. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I yeah. don't know. It's hard to say that, you know, with a straight face, but it's, I'm seeing it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it's what it takes for some people to Yeah. Yeah. To wake up. Tying it back to being in control of your own experience, yeah? And then choosing. Choosing also what story has power and what story do you choose to align with and that you see as your own fulfillment. What story am I gonna fulfill? What storyline? What am I gonna play in here? And Oh, yesterday I, I had a moment where I was feeling extremely defeated and it took one quick conversation with a friend to remind me, no, you can do this. You can do it. You can do it. Just, you know, every time you do it, you're doing it for your 
children and for their children and for everyone's children and for your friends and for all the warriors at this moment in life who are really deciding moment by moment to say, I get to control my life. I get to control what I do with it. I get to control how I show up. And that's really all I have control to, but nobody gets to tell me how that is going to play out. Mm. And I feel like that leveling up is just so profound. I feel like we're doing works for lifetimes in just mm. this. Yeah, no, that's how yeah, I the last The last couple of years have been so intense in terms of the growth. Mm. I mean, are you kidding me? It's like three months is 10 years right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, so what is... Oh, sorry, Liz, go ahead. Something, you know, I don't know how to explain, but there is a, a different, I feel the same way. Time feels different. Mm-hmm. Processing of the, not the time space continuum, but the eternal time feels different mm-hmm. through us too. Catalytic. Yeah. Right. Um, Jeff, I was going to ask you, you said, I know I'm, I'm here to create the new earth. And what is that for you right now? What is your role? Tell, tell us about that and, you know, and Health Freedom for Humanity or anything else that, that comes up for you. Yes. So Health Freedom for Humanity was born about a year ago by this beautiful man in Kansas City named Alex Zek. He's only 29 years old and he has the power of attraction. I've never seen anybody have the power of attraction like this guy does. And all these beautiful people have come into his circle and have started working with him And now we're creating chapters in each state and we're getting involved with activism. And one of the things that, you know, God is pouring so much light on us right now and showing us new ways of being. And one of the things we've learned is that the current system uh, um, our medical system, our political system, they're all fraudulent and they're all crumbling. And for some reason, they feel the need to get greedy and go after more power, more control, and more money. But in the process of doing this, they're exposing themselves and showing themselves to be the dark spiritual beings that they are. And they're a little dumb, too. It's, it's not that they're dark and evil and, oh, God, they're going to get us. It's like they're dark and they're evil and they're stupid. And so what we're doing now is we're saying, all right, we've got a whole new view of spirituality where we're no longer segmented into camps, right? Like you're this religion and I'm this religion and and we all want, these guys think this and these guys think, no, we're all one. We're all one. I don't care what you believe. It doesn't matter to me. We're all one. Um, And then um, what we're learning in terms of the law is that it is actually possible to take our status back as being Uh, not really citizens per se of the United States, but nationals. So we're these sovereign beings with inalienable rights that God has given us that nobody can take away. And there is a legal process to actually take yourself out of the system, become a sovereign being, and now you can form your business as a private membership that the government cannot get in. And as we do this, we will create new health centers, new venues for concerts and theater and stand-up comedy. We will create new communities where we are uh, growing our own food without pesticides uh, that are organic, that are uh, grown with love. Uh, Our animals will be treated humanely. And those people that, um, 
you know, wish to uh, eat cows or pigs or whatever, they'll be all treated humanely. Mm -hmm. And um, so creating the new earth is, is a process for us in health freedom for humanity of saying what's wrong with the current system and then saying what we're going to do with the new system. And what we're trying to, in all that, we're trying to come from a place of love, come from a place of freedom, giving each person the choice to do whatever's best for them. And now the only question is how aggressive do we want to be about going after the fraudulent system? Personally, I am so enraged by the masking of children. There is zero science and we have data for 50 years that masking does absolutely nothing to stop the spread of any disease. And for, for people to unilaterally say that all children must be masked to get an education, uh, for me personally, that um, I, I can't even sit with that any longer. So this morning, I went through the process of creating very large foam uh, boards, and I'm going to uh, hold them up over my head, and I'm going to do a 30 and 30. In 12-step programs, people do a 30 and 30 when they really need to get their life under control. My 30 and 30 is I'm going to do 30 schools in 30 days. I'm going to go to the pickup and drop-off zones, and my mask is going to say, masks are a lie, get them off our children. And I'm going to hold this up at every, at every school in San Diego as the parents drive in and drive out if they want to talk to me and join me. Uh, we, there's, a, there's a lot of groups out here trying to do that, but I just feel the need to get more boots on the ground, activism, personally. I've got, I've got to stand there with a sign. It just... Um, I can't sit idly by anymore and watch these kids get damaged. So that's the, that's the dilemma. I, you know, we talked about it in health freedom for humanity. Do we want to put the logo on that? And we decided not to for this, just to be a Jeff Weitzman thing, because it really is a personal thing. And health freedom for humanity is all about choice. If people want to get vaccinated, if they want to get a mask, Whatever, that's their choice, and we, we celebrate freedom. So now I personally have my own personal thing with other people here in San Diego, and we're going to be holding up signs. So uh, that, that's kind of the way I see setting up the newer. Mm. Feeling, um, answering the, the call, right? And everyone's going to play a different role in that because they're going to have a different thing that comes through them and how they want to act that into being and that's what makes it beautiful we'll have this garden or this buffet of different things to do that people feel attracted to doing and they feel called to and that's where the passion lies so then the heart comes forward right and you're saying reframing fear to love so how do we do this dance where you so you get that rage that you're feeling and turn into something that can be an act of love to others because maybe Somebody needs to see that and think, oh, wait, wait a minute. Well, what's going on there? And so I feel that's I, I talk, the curiosity, right? Be curious. Why are you holding that sign? Why are you saying that? And I, I talked to my friend Brian this morning and I told him, 
it's coming from a place of rage that I'm trying to transmute into love. And he said, really? Because I perceive that as being very loving to the kids. These kids need somebody to speak for them. You're doing that. You are loving these children. And I was like, oh, thank you for saying that. (laughs) I get blinded by my own rage sometimes. And, but I, 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 I'm not going to go to these schools and be enraged. It just won't work. No fruit will come from that. Yeah. And this is probably my own way right now of trying to deal with my wife's death and transmute that into love as well as what's going on in the world and transmute that into love. Yeah, it's that action. It's that purposeful action, I feel like, that if it, even if it's motivated by this, the pain that you're talking about, how do you channel that and create something that can be life-saving to someone else? We never know when you're going to have that one conversation that will make somebody go, oh, well, let me rethink that. You know, and I feel like what your wife said, right? And I'm going to be who I am. I'm, this is me. You're not responsible for how I feel and all of that. And once you really embody that, then you face the world in this new embodiment that I feel like there's a level of surrendering. And so it's not as confrontational because you don't really care what other people are thinking, right? You have no more Fs to give. You're like, whatever, well, you can have it's your own thing. I don't, I can't, can't control that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you're like, oh, I feel so much more relaxed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How much are we holding on to other people's perceptions of, who we are or what we should be doing. I read something the other day that said, if you choose me to be a villain in your story, that's your choice. If you choose me to be a hero in your story, that's your choice, right? What I choose to be is my choice and I have no control over how you perceive that. And so I think it's that. Bottom line is that. People are going to see us through their own lens of how they've created their narrative, their stories and all of that. And so... You know, you get to choose too. And that's, I think, what we're all reminding each other here is that we all get to choose. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is that age. We talk about this all the time of of being your own authority in every way and in every way in this time. And we, we have to imbue that to our children or give them the opportunity to know that. And when they're, you know, I, I, Jeff, I get this you're feeling your enragement with the children because I I feel it too when it comes to the kids and like the masks and the shots. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you know, it's just everything comes up in me that wants to just be this mama bear and not have children of my own, but I, Oh my gosh, I feel like they're my children. Um, And they, they have to know. Yeah. They have to know that they have the authority within themselves because we've never really looked at, child rearing in that way ever. I mean, of course we take, we take care of them. They're our charge. We watch them. We make sure they don't like put their hand in a fire, but you know, we need, so this is so a part of that. So this is beautiful what you're well, doing and, and what Tara, you feel to do. I, yeah. I was going to say, you know, this started for me last February, March, when I went into Sprouts and they said, sir, you have to wear a mask. And I said, actually, I don't. Here's the law. And I gave it to him in writing. And the federal law says we have informed consent and the option to refuse. And, and they said, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're on private property. And I said, well, no, actually, 
your place of public accommodation. So you still have to follow the law. And um, it's been nice talking with you. And I'm going to go do some shopping now. Mm-hmm. They're like, what? <laughs> so I went and did my shopping. And then I went to the cash register and they tried to stop me. And they said, we're, we're not letting you out of here. And I said, are you trying to falsely imprison me? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, and they stepped away. And I said, well, just don't ring, him, don't ring him up, they said to the cash register girl. And I said, that's okay, I'll pay cash. And so I paid cash. And it completely mm-hmm. rendered them helpless. And after I did that cycle three more times and filmed it each time, then the CEO of Sprouts made a public announcement saying no more mask mandates for any shoppers throughout the United States. And Sprouts dropped that mask mandate before any governor dropped their own state mandates. So that was an example of one person using calm, loving energy and having an effect. And I'm feeling like, what happens if I go to these schools and I hold up this sign and these kids are driving in with their mothers Mm -hmm. and they're like, mother, who is that kid? Or who is that old man out there with this sign, you know, (laughs) telling us that masks are a lie? and get them off our children now. And the mothers might say something like, oh, he's just a crazy idiot, you know, probably a Trump supporter that loves the Taliban. Um, (laughs) And and, the kid, the kid will look at his mother like, okay, that's her opinion, but I know that guy's pretty badass. I've not seen any people come to our school with signs. I want to know more about that guy. And I'm going to talk to my friends about that at lunch. Hey, did you see that guy who was standing out there? So in my opinion, that's, that's what sort of God is giving me is this, let's test the limits Mm -hmm. of what we can do with the direct approach with love, human to human. Mm -hmm. Let's see what's possible. Anyway, that's my thinking. I love it. Do that beautifully. You've been doing that and show that's why I said you're way shower in that way, because it is that ability to go into action fueled by this love, because it's deep love for humanity. It's really what the bottom line of this is. It's like telling people you always have a choice. You always have a choice, no matter what. And I think the love, and Tara could probably relate to this, is the love is for the vulnerable in society that can't speak for themselves and you guys know what that's like and they don't and so we're trying to help their vulnerability and say let me help you speak up for yourself let me give you a voice yeah Yeah. we had paul enslaved i don't know if you're familiar with him um a couple months ago i think and he said at the end of our conversation he was saying i'm ready to just start talking to people like because he was talking also about the mass children and he said it just hurts my heart and I'm ready to just be like hey can we have a talk yeah are you masking your children and just you know and just come from that place of like really you know wanting to just showcase love and care for people that I feel like a lot of people have never had that you know shown to them in that way so true. How, how do you get those conversations? It's really hard. Mm. And he said, do you, he said, it's funny because people, you know, you would think, do you think I want to be doing this? I'd rather be doing something else, right? I'd rather be enjoying other things. My friends, I don't want to have to think about this, but it literally hurts me. 
And so that's the next step. And he said, I have no idea how this is going to go about. And um, I haven't asked him if he's done it since, but I will. And um, (laughs) let's just see what, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, see if he's gone up to parents. And yeah, that's what he was saying. I'm just going to go up to him and just talk, you know, to confront them, but just just talk human to human. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, thank you for your, your activism and, showing us the possibilities of transmuting the fear, the rage, the discomfort, all of that into right action, because that's what I see. And so, yeah. Uh, thank you. I'm just following the bouncing ball. I really have no idea what we're all doing here. I'm just going with whatever, <laughs> you know, the next indicated step is. Well, that's great to do what's coming through without any attachment to the outcome of it. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the key right there. It's just to, from a loving heart to do what's coming through and whatever happens is perfectly meant to happen in that moment. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jeff. I just have to say when you were talking, when we we're talking about the children and being vulnerable and being a voice for them. I, not to, I don't mean this to sound condescending, but I also feel that everybody who is under that, that mind control, if you will, we can call it that, right? The spell that's happening. I, I, I feel, my heart does feel that they're also children in some way, like, you know, just from a loving part of like, oh, so it's, it's, it expands to everyone, but especially the children, of course, especially the children, because they really, yeah, have an extra vulnerability, but that's my own. I can't imagine Tara doing what you did and picking up on all that pain and being unable to help it with some people. Mm -hmm. I think that would be the hardest part of being in, in those helping professions, Mm -hmm. uh, the healing professions of you know recognizing the pain in an individual in an individual and maybe their inability to process that mm-hmm. and you're there to love them as best you can but you're also absorbing their pain what was mm-hmm. that like for you well early on in my acupuncture career i definitely would absorb things and i'd be like wow i just treated someone with knee pain and what's going on with my knee now you know i would i would feel that and it would be this this heaviness but I learned, I learned after a few years that that wasn't actually serving me or them. So I very, very much learned um, naturally and on my own just to not actually take, it was like, I could be this loving, empathetic presence and know and accept completely where they are without wishing it to be different. And then I wouldn't take it on anymore. You know, it wasn't mine. It wasn't me. It was just, I was a role I was a player in their story very gratefully so it was a it definitely took me a few years to to learn that <laughs> but uh yeah and it's the same now with the people that I see even though it's heartbreaking you know I also have the perspective of zooming out and going wow that's actually like we were talking about before it's a perfect for them whatever they choose and whatever happens from that I know it's perfect because it's exactly what happened so how could it be any different mm. And I, w- I want to ask Liz, if I can, I know this is your podcast and you're <laughs> asking questions, but I want to ask Liz, because when I met Liz um, in, in San Diego at the screening of my film, I, we were talking about her being from Brazil and the fact that 
Uh, Brazilians are so in touch with the lower half of their body. And my European background is so in touch with almost the upper from the neck up. (laughs) We don't know how to connect with our bodies. And um, when I looked into Liz's eyes as we were talking, there was a whole world in there that was so rich and deep because Liz, you're so connected to your body and to the universe. And uh, it was just mind blowing to be with you as whatever I am, an American European or whatever, it was just amazing. So there's really no question I have to that other than just to say thank you. Oh, so thank you for your kind words. We did talk about it. And what was the conclusion that we came? We, Conclusions we both need to be both, right? Yeah, we, ran, we ran the rule about the idea and we said, okay, so if we're talking about the extremities, where do we meet? Where did those extremities meet? And it's right here at the heart. So how do we bridge that gap? Yeah. And if you look at both um, possibilities in any extreme, there's, I feel like more downfall than like, um, greatness because you're just in one end of the spectrum and if we can balance that then we would be meeting right here at the heart so Mm -hmm. we'll continue to meet heart to heart always (laughs) love it yeah uh jeff just one last question we we like to kind of wrap up um is what and this i'm putting it a little bit different today because it's what's coming through but what is your vision from your heart of this new earth if you can just imagine what people experience how they feel mm-hmm. if we're just focused on that what we're cre- what's already being created and what's here what is that for you what does that feel like for you yeah i mean for me my vision of the new earth is that uh we move into places where we're actually being utilized for who we are right so I don't, I, I look around and I, I just think everybody's living in this fantasy of the American dream or whatever. And people have this idea that they work at a certain job and then they get a pension and then they are retiring and then they supposedly are happy. I mean, the whole thing that's going on right now seems to dehumanize everybody. So my vision of the future is we become fully human, fully spirit beings, utilizing who we are. And when we do that, we're happy every day, right? Because we are getting to um, dance with this thing that's going on in the universe. Right now, nobody's dancing. Right now, everybody's a slave to either their minds or what the government's telling them to do. And I I want out of that system and I want back into, I'm connected to God. You're connected to God. We're connected to ourselves, to who we are. You have an amazing story. I have an amazing story. Let's share that and enjoy each other and love each other. Um, That's my vision. Yes. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) That message. Yes. And you're... Your documentary, Beliefs and Stories, is on Vimeo, right? On Vimeo On Demand and soon to be on iTunes and Google Play. Okay. And you can also get links to it at beliefsandstories.com. Beliefsandstories.com. Any other um, websites or anything you'd like to throw out for people to... Yeah, just the healthfreedomforhumanity.org. 
Um, I write the newsletters there and it's kind of a blog for me every week and they can sign up for the newsletter on that website. And every week, every Monday morning, everybody gets a gift in their email box, which is my understanding of what God's doing during this time for health freedom and also just for ourselves spiritually. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for everything that you do, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today.